Welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We're an online community of people who believe that even though life can be difficult, complicated, and tiring, Jesus offers a life that is easy, light, and full of rest. And the life Jesus offers isn't simply membership to a religion or a personal philosophy of life, but he offers to transform us into people who live and love just as he did in this world. And so we wanna be a community who are committed to loving everyone just as Jesus has loved us. And so no matter who you are, what you believe about God or what you've done, we want you to be a part of this Jesus movement to love everyone always. And what we hope is that throughout our time together, you experience that God loves you, that he cares about your life. In fact, we say all the time, no matter what you think about God, we believe he can't stop thinking about you. We believe he is for you and that he only has good things for your life. So no matter where you're watching this from, on your phone, on your lunch break, hopefully not while you're driving, we believe that God is present with you right now. And if you can stay open to that, I believe he wants to make himself real to you. And if any point during this video, you have a question, or maybe you feel God speaking to you and you wanna to speak to someone about that, there will be a number on screen the whole time. You can text that number at any point and someone from our team will respond as soon as we can. Because even though right now, this is just a video you're watching, we hope that your interaction with us moves from just being content that you consume to a community that you can be committed to. And one easy way to get more involved with our community is by going to our website, cccanywhere.com. There are a lot of resources there, including some material specifically designed for your children. And the best way for you to get involved with our community is by clicking on the card on that website that says, join our Facebook group. You'll be taken straight to our Community Christian Anywhere group on Facebook, where we can connect with each other during the week. All you have to do is click the join group button and you'll take one quick and easy step into community this week. Now, a couple of months ago, we started a conversation as a church about the issues of racism and racial justice in our world and how we as a church were going to do something to work towards the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus began 2000 years ago. And so we wanna continue this conversation together. On Tuesday, October 20th, we're gonna be launching a class to study the book, The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby together. This is an educational, powerful, and at times painful examination of the American church's complicity and the problems of racism in our country and how we can work together to bring God's kingdom vision of reconciliation between peoples in our world. We would love to have you join in with us in this free course. All you have to do to sign up is go to our website, cccanywhere.com and click on the card that says racial reconciliation course. Fill out the card there and let us know whether you'll be joining us online or in person. The courses are identical and happening simultaneously because we got it like that. We just need to know from you if you'll be joining us so we can get you the info that you need. So make sure to fill that card out right now. As you do, we're gonna get into our main idea for today. I think all of us know what it's like to be emotionally triggered by something or someone. We run into someone at the store and all these horrible memories and emotions get brought up. Someone says something that triggers and anger or fear in us. And if these were just momentary triggers, well, we might be able to ignore them, but 
These emotions often stay with us and control our lives. They lead us to damage ourselves, our relationships, or other people. And over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be learning how we can live a life of freedom in Jesus. And to get us started, we wanna hear from someone who has experienced the pain of emotional triggers in their life. This is a story from the Humans of New York social media page. Let's watch this together. I've always had a problem with language. I didn't even talk until the age of four. I was so timid. I had so many complexes and my problem just made everything worse. People didn't include me in things. I had very few friends and all I did were solitary things. Read, watch TV, look out the window. My grades suffered and my parents were so disappointed. They wanted me to go to university and get a real job. They were Haitian, they knew poverty, and they didn't want the same thing to happen to their kids. Now, I'm working in a hotel as a cleaning lady. I feel like I'm invisible, like nobody sees me. I'm so scared of disappearing. If it wasn't for my family, nobody would even know I exist. It's like I'm just dust in life. My father says I'm good for nothing. I've heard it so many times that I carry it inside of me. And one day it's going to come out. Sometimes I want to scream. I want to explode. I want people to feel that I am here. That video reminds us that when wounds go unhealed, they become the soil in which lies get sown that eventually get triggered. Hey, my name is Ed and I'm glad you're joining with us today for the start of a new conversation we want to try to have together. You know, I've been working with and trying to help people for almost 40 years now, and I could say for sure, none of us get very far in this life without some wounds. And as a result, we all need this series called Triggered. If you aren't a church person or you're just here checking all this out, well, welcome especially to you. And maybe one of the reasons that religion or Christianity or church, it hadn't been all that interesting to you is maybe because even though you know there's something bigger going on in our world, religion, church, and all the rest, they just don't seem to address all the practical issues really facing you in your world. Well, one thing I can say for sure, that won't be the case for this conversation. I, I'm sure by now, 10 months into 2020, the most unusual year any of us have ever seen, you've noticed that we as a society are pretty easily triggered. In years past, when I'd talked to people about anger issues, most people would talk about things like road rage or lack of patience waiting in lines. But now, in a world where everybody's an expert on politics and school administration and the spread of infectious diseases and how to deal with deeply entrenched social problems like racism and the justice system, and every issue is the biggest problem we have ever faced. Add to that that we're one month away from a national election and the left and the right can't seem to keep from getting nasty with each other. There are plenty of chances for you to hit a trigger at every turn. In fact, some of you may be triggered right now because I'm talking about being triggered and you're just anticipating that I'm gonna make light of it and it's a real experience for you. So let me just promise you up front, I'm not gonna do that. But I also know some of you think that all this talk about being triggered is so overblown and it's just another example of how soft we are as a culture. So why are we talking about this in church? Well, because it's affecting all of us in ways many of us don't even recognize. 
Over the last dozen years or so, we've had more and more men and women return from combat and move back into everyday life. Many of us have seen firsthand in spouses and children and grandchildren the impact of living constantly in a state of high alert. One veteran I know pretty well tells about coming home and riding down the street in his neighborhood. His wife's driving their SUV and all of a sudden, in his peripheral vision, he sees what he thinks is a young man running at their vehicle. And in a moment, his heart's pounding, adrenaline's pumping, he's reaching for a weapon. His body's on full alert, back in combat. He thinks his family's in danger. Turns out it was a delivery driver who was just hustling back to his vehicle from a neighbor's door. And I know other vets who've been triggered by the sound of thunder, lightning. And, and these are brave, strong people we're talking about. It's only when they realize that there's something deeper going on that they can move toward healing and break free from those triggers. I, I don't know for sure why it's happened, but for the last 30 years or so, I've had more than a few men and women come to me and talk about being in environments that triggered memories of abuse from their childhood. I have a friend who's in a loving marriage, but sometimes in certain situations, certain words will trigger very strong memories of traumatic feelings of having been abused as a child from decades ago. So to be clear, this idea of being triggered is not something to be taken lightly or to be made fun of with memes. Now, you may not know this, but Christians believe that we live in a broken world, that this world's not the way God intended it to be and that we as his followers have been called to bring his loving kingdom to bear even in the darkest, most traumatic places. So we have to talk about this. I, I believe evil would love nothing better than to keep people in prison to traumatic memories and feel as if they're all alone with no one will help. If you're here and you suffered in childhood or adult traumatic memories, I believe this series is gonna be a great start for you. But in four weeks of talking about this, it's not gonna heal everything. And that's where I wanna encourage you to take next steps. If you'll reach out to us either through Facebook Messenger or texting the number you see on screen, I or someone on our team, we'll be there to help you to begin to find places to take those important steps. God wants to set us free, but triggers not just about severe trauma. I, I, I wanna be sure you hear that. After 30 years of trying to lead people to love everyone always, these days, I'm finding it increasingly difficult to help people not just react or run or lash out or gossip or act as out of fear or anger, but to be able instead to calm their soul and, and listen. Listen to God, listen to His Spirit, to be able to do what He wants to lead us to do. One of the followers of Jesus, a man named Paul, writes in the New Testament of the Bible, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's God's plan for you. That's what I want for you and for me. It's what you want too. He continues, so stand firm in that freedom. Don't let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So see, when we don't control our own re reactions, they control us, which means we're slaves to them. When you find your anger erupting at your spouse just because something they say, and you get triggered, that trigger is controlling you. And generally there's something deeper going on. When we blow up at little kids for spilling a drink, there's probably something deeper going on with that that needs to be healed. 
I've seen it in small groups at church where people have, they'd say were their best friends, like second family to them, and then one conflict or discovery of a political difference and all this intent, intense hurt, anger, and rejections, it just pours out and they never go back. It's deeper, I mean, something deeper's going on. Maybe it's happened to you at work. You get one piece of negative feedback and instead of being able to use that to make you and your work better, it throws you into feelings of, I'm just, I'm just worthless. I, I'm never gonna amount to anything. Or you just defend. You argue with your boss, you, you blame other people. You shut down the feedback. But you also shut down the chance that you're ever gonna advance at work because you aren't teachable. There's something deeper going on. And it's not just for severe trauma. All human beings have been wounded by the sin of others. It may be hard for you to accept this, but the Bible says we all have sinned. We all fall short of God's standard for our lives, which means no matter how great they were, you were raised by two dirty, rotten sinners. So was I, and so were my kids. See, as much as your parents might tried, as much as they did the best they could do, they did things against God's will, and those things, they ended up hurting you. And if you're a parent, as much as you try, unfortunately, when you do things against God's will, it, it hurts your kids too. Now, the good thing is, this is not the end of the story. See, Christians also believe that God has not left us alone in this broken world. This is truly the good news of Jesus. In fact, this is why Jesus came to earth to give his life. All this mess that's caused us to miss God's standard, to wound others, to wound ourselves. Jesus came to make a way for all of that to be reconciled, to bring us back into right relationship with God as his sons and daughters, and to give us God's Holy Spirit to live in us, to grow us up and to heal the wounds that our sins have caused and that other people's sins have caused as well, to make us right with God and right with others and right with ourselves. God's promise is that if we'll turn our feet toward Jesus, follow him in the power of God's spirit, we can stop being triggered and not continue to live as slaves to our reactions to trauma from the past. Paul says it like this, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So in our lives, just like fruit grows naturally on a healthy tree, walk with the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. They just start to grow naturally. He adds, since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's lead in every part of our lives. That's what God wants for my life and your life, to be more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient people. Thanks to God, that's possible. And that's where we're going in this conversation. Here at Community Christian Anywhere, we believe the life described in the fruit of the Spirit is available to anyone who wants it. For any of us who choose to live our lives, not guided by our emotional ups and downs or our desires in any given moment or even our own ideas about life, but instead live moment by moment being led by the Spirit of God, we can experience the fruit of life with God in our lives. And we believe that this life is most attainable when we walk through it with others. We believe that we were meant to live in community with God and others to achieve the kind of life in the spirit that you just heard described. 
which is why we say all the time around here that we want your interaction with Community Christian to not just be content that you consume, but to be a community you can be committed to. Because it's in this committed community that each of us can be encouraged and strengthened to walk more in step with God's Spirit. So right now, we wanna give some time in our service to experience a taste of community. Just a moment, some questions are gonna come up on screen and I wanna invite you to engage in our community with these questions. If you're watching in one of our live streams right now, just jump in our live chat and answer these questions from your perspective. If you have people with you right now that you're watching this with, discuss these questions with them. If you're not watching this live, you can text the number on screen and someone from our team would love to discuss these questions with you because we really do believe that life is just better when we join together. So please take a step right now to join in community with others. And as always, this would be a great time to take further steps into a community by going to our website, cccanywhere.com. If you haven't done so yet, click on the card that says join our Facebook group and take a step into our community there. You can also sign up for a virtual small group on that website and find ways to get your children more engaged with the resources we have from our C-Kids team. I hope you'll take some time to check out all that we have to offer on cccanywhere.com. But most importantly, I hope right now you'll engage with these discussion questions with someone else. Jump in our live chat or text us at the number on screen. We can't wait to hear from you.
But as much as we want to live a life that's loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, and good, and full of faith, a life that's self-controlled and gentle, sometimes we just find ourselves getting triggered and we wonder, what is going on? That's not who I want to be. What, what happened? So I want to start by helping us look at what happens when we get triggered. This is really important. It, there are some real physiological things happening in our brain and bodies. Now, as hard as it is for you to believe, I mean, I know what I appear like here on your screen. I am not a perfect human. I, I get triggered. And my wife, Becky, and I, we don't have a perfect marriage. We can trigger each other. And since we've been married 40 years now, we know exactly how to trigger each other. But even though that's true, if when I'm triggered, I just blame Becky or whoever triggered me, it doesn't help. In fact, it, it gets worse. And I've struggled with this for many years of my life, but learning what was happening in my brain has helped me. And I think it can help you too. Scott Vaudry, who's an MD, explains it this way. We all have a perspective of reality or what's happening in an event, but our perspective, it's limited and colored by our past experiences. What he means is that something's happening in our brain and looks at what's happening and starts connecting the dots of what we think is happening, what it means, and it forms our perspective of that event. And we think it's right and true. But the problem is, we think that our perspective, which again is the conclusions our brain drew about the event, are the only truth of the event. But there's another perspective involving the other person's brain. Their brain's doing the same thing, and they've drawn different conclusions sometimes about what you'd call the truth of the event. So now, we have two different people with two different stories of one event. Uh, let, let's see if we can get at it this way. You've probably seen this famous painting before, right? Uh, depending on how you look at this the first time, you either see a young woman or you see an old woman. Uh, why don't we just comment right now on which one you see? Those of you who see both, just hold on for a second. So how many of you only see the old one? Okay. How many of you see the young one? Okay. Hopefully in the comments you can see there are people seeing both. They really are both there if you can only see one. But you have to see it from a different perspective. Okay. So the old woman's looking toward us to the left and she has this large hooked nose. The younger woman is looking to the back to the left with her back a little bit toward us. Can you see them now? If you don't see both, text us. We'll call 911 for you. <laughs> the first time I saw it, <laughs> this picture, it took me a while to see both. Okay, but this is important thing. You have to first be open to the fact that there is another perspective, that you didn't see it first. And second, you have to be motivated to work to see it. Now, you may be surprised, but when we're triggered, especially in arguments with another person, we're neither open nor motivated to see it from the other person's perspective. And that just sabotages relationships and it hinders our growth. And, and, and here's the real challenge. Often your truth or your perspective of what happened and my truth are often both accurate. You really did see the old woman. That's true, but it just wasn't the whole truth. There are other things that were there that you didn't see. And that's important because just because you weren't completely right, 
doesn't mean you were completely wrong. Uh, let me say it this way for those of you who struggle with, with wanting to be right. You don't have to be wrong to not be completely right. I know that's hard for some of us to swallow, but the only way you can see the whole truth is to be open to another perspective. Now, what does that have to do with being triggered? Well, everything. Because when you're triggered, you're getting an automatic response from your brain to a perceived threat that you feel is true. It's just not the whole truth. And, and here's what's going on. When you feel threatened by something or something triggering you, someone, the, the part of your brain that takes over is it's called our limbic system. And in particular, our amygdala. It's this little almond-shaped thing in your brain, and it's only concerned with your survival, with fight or flight, or now we know freeze or you know run. <laughs> the, the amygdala controls strong emotional reactions. So emotional memory gets stored there. There's emotional reactivity there. It all happens in the limbic system, and it's particularly concerned with any threat or any fear that you have. Now think about it. Negative emotional memories get stored in your limbic system. So when you feel threatened, your amygdala takes over your body and it doesn't care about your relationships at all. It just cares about protecting you. And that can do great damage to your relational world, especially if the truth it's telling you, it's not the complete truth. Now, sometimes we do damage in our relationships reacting out of perceived threats or actually unhealed emotional memories that they just get triggered. This happens a lot and we don't get it. So let me say it again. Often we damage our relationships reacting to perceived threats that feel very real, but they're actually unhealed emotional memories getting triggered. Now, the good news is that the amygdala is not the only part of our brains. We also have this outer near neocortex. And this is the part of our brain where our relational, our rational brain, resides. Everything that's needed for good relationships, it, it exists in, in the neocortex. This is where empathy comes from, uh, the ability to show mercy, and the ability to cooperate and to talk things through. But the problem is your neocortex loves precision and so it's a little slow. And when you get triggered, your amygdala is 50 times faster than your thinking relational brain. And it's lightning fast it's just not very accurate. So you get triggered and the red warning lights flash telling you there's a threat. It tells your body to send out adrenaline and hormones so you can prepare for the attack. And all of that happens before you can even see straight. We've all felt it all sometimes. And if the neocortex doesn't re-engage and re relationally, rationally begin to slow us down to think it through, we can react to perceived threats that aren't real threats at all, but it feels so true. It's just not the whole truth. If our limbic system is storing memories, emotional memories, and if they're unhealed, they make us paranoid and hypervigilant, and it ruins relationships. It's why we can't leave them unaddressed. We've got to go after them and let God heal them because there's also usually a lie or a half-truth associated with them. And that's what keeps hurting us and hurting other people. Maybe that lie causes you to shrink up and when you get negative feedback. It, it triggers a store, or stored memory that you can't win or you're gonna get hurt, so you just go limp and you prepare yourself for the pain. 
you don't even try. Or maybe you're like uh, I used to be and you do the opposite. You see a threat and you blow up, you, you lash out, you defend, you blame. But in the end, neither one of us gets where we wanna go. And all of that happens when we get triggered our brain's getting flooded with chemicals that suppress thinking and suppress our relational brain, tense up our mus muscles, they get us ready to fight and to run or because some danger to yourself or to others. That's why it's important that we understand what's happening. And we begin to admit, maybe, maybe when I'm triggered and I feel so right, maybe there's another story. Maybe in fact, I'm only seeing the old woman, maybe Maybe there's another perspective. I wanna to talk to you about that. I wanna give you a moment to think about that and then we'll come back and we'll conclude this. As we pray together, read the words in bold aloud with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you are a God who speaks. You and you alone know the truth about our lives. So speak now and we will listen. Help us to hear your invitation to us. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Now invite your heavenly father into your inner life. As you think about the things in life that trigger negative emotions and reactions out of you, invite God to reveal to you what you cannot see about these situations. Ask God to show you another perspective outside your own. Let's continue to pray these words of scripture. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Now confess whatever ways you have reacted in unloving, hurtful, and even damaging ways to yourself and to others this week. Acknowledge how your fight or flight response has led to words, thoughts, or actions that have not honored God. Remember, there is nothing but mercy and love for you in Jesus. Once more, hear these words of scripture from the God who made you. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Father, help us to see our lives from your point of view and not from our own. Help us to trust in your ways and your thoughts above our own. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. So we talked about what happens when we are triggered. And most of us know the implications of just reacting when we're triggered. It makes us think we're completely right. Our amygdala kicks in and we behave like our relationships don't matter, only our perspective. So we can't learn or see new things. And this is huge for followers of Jesus. 
You can't listen to God's spirit. You can't follow the commands of scripture to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Those words that were written by the brother of Jesus, who reminds us, human anger does not produce the right actions that God desires. And that's why in our worst fights, <laughs> we do just the opposite. But maybe you're at a place, if you've listened long enough, that you wanna know, so how do I get untriggered? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks in this series. We're gonna get really, really practical on this. So please join us in our community on Facebook or subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss any of it. It's very important, but let me give you a quick overview. First, to get untriggered, you have to spot the symptoms early. You gotta get better at better at spotting when you begin to get triggered. Now, how do you do that? I'll give you an example in marriage. Two people get married and his job requires him to travel and every time he gets ready to leave town, they have an argument. After a while, they realize, hey, that's a trigger. He goes out of town, we have an argument. So they start to ask questions why. And that's the assignment I wanna give you this week. If you're willing to grow, if you wanna fix this, to start to write down the answer to these questions. When have I been triggered in the past? When have I felt these intense emotions? Why? So now let's go back to our married couple. They fight every time he's about to leave. And as she wrote about why, she realized, uh, I feel this panic inside, so why? And she'd lived alone before, so it wasn't being alone that was a problem. She, she really did believe that he loved her and that he's gonna come back, so why? Well, as they talked about it, with the help of a counselor, they realized that as a little girl, she had watched several different dads walk out of the house. They walk out one day and they never come back. She had seen five of the most important men in her life leave and not return. And so when her husband would leave, her amygdala would kick in and say, it's gonna happen again, so you better protect yourself. But here's the problem. She is about to protect herself from the one man who would never walk out on her. But you only figure that out if you're willing to do the hard work and allow God to heal and change those thoughts, those lies, those triggers that maybe you've accidentally made. Now, in order to do that though, you, you, you gotta start to disengage the amygdala and re-engage your rational brain because you now know that your brain and your body are being flooded with hormones like adrenaline and other hormones. You know, you've been in an argument, you, you, you can feel it. And then you say to yourself, you say things you just regret. Well, that's your amygdala brain talking, okay? Now here's the thing, you got to know. It takes about 20 minutes if you really get triggered for all those hormones that flood your body to get out of your brain and body. So when you're really, really triggered, just do yourself and the other person a favor in that situation. Uh, take time out. Go for a walk for 20 minutes. Go go sit and pray. You know, just just med meditate on something peaceful and then re-engage the situation so you just don't react. And can I say, if you're in a relationship with someone who you know is triggered, can you just allow that to happen without saying, hey, where are you going? Let, let's talk about it, okay? We're gonna talk about it, but I just need a minute. See, we're gonna look at some things in the weeks to come that will save you some needless fights that just go down the toilet from the start. Third thing we got to do is search for the lies and the agreements and find God's third story perspective. 
You got to replace the lies with the full truth. That's what I want to talk to you about next week when we're together. But remember, you have a story you're telling about reality. If you're involved in a trigger with another person, they have a story that they're telling about reality. You see the old woman, they see the young woman. We each have a little truth, but God has a bigger reality. He sees the whole picture. The big truth of how all of our little truths fit in. And what that means is we have to seek after God's third story, the reality that Jesus promised. He said, if you hold my teaching, if you're really my disciples, my followers, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what we want. And freedom is not just reacting. And so we're gonna talk about how to start to practice what he says, this bigger reality, so that it actually changes our habits. Now, in order to do that, we also have to let God heal the wound as well as the deceitful memory. And we're gonna talk about more about that in, in a couple of weeks. But let me just say, you don't have to go after this alone. We have groups where you can talk about this. And if you want more information about it, text the number on the screen. If there's a deep wound from abuse, we have groups where you can talk about that. Text us. If you need help with an addiction that's grown out of this, text us. You know, the truth is, every addiction is generally rooted in a, in a broken relationship. Broken relationship with God or with other people or with yourself. And then finally, we're gonna talk about how to form a new habit to respond to God's spirit, because in the end, triggers are just a habit. It's just a reaction, it's just a habit. But you can just as easily get in the habit of responding to God's spirit so that the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience, they just sort of naturally flow out of you. And that's gonna be my prayer for all of us as a result of this series. So, I hope you'll come back. But now, I wanna turn this back to our host, so they can pray with you and lead you together as we close. Now we're moving into the time in our service where we remember the death of Jesus on the cross and the way he asked us to by using the emblems of bread and juice to remember the body and blood of Jesus. We call this time communion and it's an important time for followers of Jesus to remind ourselves of the importance of what Jesus has done for us. In communion, believers choose to stop viewing our lives through the stresses and problems that are so triggering to our emotions. But instead, we immerse ourselves in the reality of Jesus' life-changing power that was shown on the cross. You see, it was at the cross that Jesus displayed what a heart and mind submitted to God really looks like. When Jesus was taken to the cross, he didn't react in a fight or flight kind of way. He didn't attack others or run from the danger that was in front of him. Instead, he submitted his will and the control of his life to his heavenly Father. And even though it looked like nothing but danger and death on the Friday when he was killed, three days later, we saw the victory of God shown when Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus has been bringing back to life what people thought was dead and gone for the last 2,000 years. Relationships that were cut off and dead, lives trapped in the death of addiction, the integrity and character of men and women that had been destroyed by years of reacting in hurtful and damaging ways, all restored and resurrected in the blood of Jesus. This is what followers of Jesus celebrate every week when we receive communion together. And we're gonna do that again today. So if you plan on doing that, get whatever elements you have nearby to do that. It can be a piece of bread and a cup of juice or even a cracker and a cup of water. The elements don't matter as much as who you're remembering. 
And if you're here and you're not sure you believe all that we do, I hope that even though all of this sounds a little weird, you might be beginning to hope that it's true. Is there something in your life that your triggered reactions have destroyed that you hope Jesus could bring back to life? Even if you're not sure you believe that he can, would you just spend a few moments imagining what if he could? Maybe you could even offer a prayer to him, asking him if he's real, that he would make himself real to you. I believe he wants to do that. And so before we receive the communion elements today, I want to pray for all of us to be aware of what God wants to do in our lives. And after I pray, we're gonna sing this beautiful song that reminds us of our response to God's love for us shown in Jesus. And as we sing, you're invited to receive the communion elements. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that your power shown in the cross and the empty grave is still at work in our world and our lives. I pray for all of us who have seen the damage our reactions have done to ourselves and others. May we learn to walk in step with your spirit instead of reacting to our emotions and desires. And may we learn to trust in the hope that you can restore anything. For those unsure of whether they can trust you today, please give them the courage to continue seeking you because we know you want to reveal yourself to them. Thank you for Jesus. We remember him now. It's in his name we pray. Amen. With every breath, with every word I speak, with every step, with every heartbeat, Jesus, let it be for you, for you only, my whole life, all for your glory. My life is in your hands.
I hope today's experience was meaningful for you. And I hope what you take away most of all is that God is for you and that we are too. And if anything today raised questions for you, or maybe you felt like God was speaking to you and you wanna speak to someone about that, please text the number on screen right now and someone from our team will get in touch with you. And as always, we want your experience with us to be more than just content you consume, but a community you can be committed to. We don't believe that one video you watch is gonna change your life, but if you can get involved with a community of people to walk this out in your life with, it'll change everything. So please take a moment right now to go to our website, cccanywhere.com, to find out how you can get more connected with us here. There are ways to get involved in a virtual small group to discuss what you're learning here and even resources for your children. For those of you who have been around for a little while and you're starting to call Community Christian Anywhere your church, I hope you'd consider giving to support what we as a church are doing, not because we need your money, but because a part of loving and following Jesus is supporting the body of Christ, his church. And one way we can do that is by giving a little of what God has given to us back to him. There's a way for you to do that on cccanywhere.com as well. But the best way to get involved with our community is by clicking on the card on our website that says, join our Facebook group. That link will take you straight to our Community Christian Anywhere group, where if you click the join group button, you'll take one easy step toward getting more involved with our community here. I hope to see you there. And as you leave today, please carry this thought with you. No matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you.